a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars Protection. Thank you for tuning in. Another edition of Soundcheck. With uh, FMXer Bo Bamberg. I uh, love this guy, uh, mostly because he loves Van Halen. And uh, there's plenty of it in this sound check. So thanks again for, for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web for all they have. And uh, some big news, exciting news coming from the folks at Fly Racing. I think at the end of the month and uh yeah much more to talk about when it comes to those guys mountain bike stuff as well i've been doing a lot of mountain biking and using fly equipment uh gloves and helmet um and uh, shoes and and socks and everything so thanks to the fly racing guys for that and maxis tires mxst tire out now developed by the king jeremy mcgrath uh, aj Cantanzaro as well ran maxis at the red bull straight rhythm uh, also to uh alpine stars alpine stars protection tech 10 boots the most advanced boot in motocross today also of course to the tech sevens which is the boot of choice for myself uh thanks to alpine stars they simply protect and you know their name and you know their quality so another edition of soundcheck these are really fun to do and uh i enjoy doing them i think I got a special one coming up i hope at the end of next week with it with somebody and uh yeah here bo Ber- bo bamberg here we go folks hope you enjoy it and now as promised another edition of soundcheck on the fly racing racer x podcast uh presented by maxis and the folks over at uh alpine stars bo bamberg is back what's up bo how are you man i'm great i'm ready to talk about some music yeah we did we kind of covered your career and how you got into it and and the nitro tour and and, and we talked some halen on the uh, on the original podcast but this is strictly just one of our sound check ones yeah i'm actually way more excited about this than anything <laughs> to do with your bike, so. yeah it's really now um i so we've stretched the rules for you because i'm such a halen guy and you're a van halen guy the rules are 10 songs only one song per artist and that's it that's that's the rules of this of this podcast but uh, because uh, you're such a fan, fan of Eddie and the Halen brothers, uh, we went with a one DLR song uh, and one uh, Sammy song or two Sammy songs, and then we threw in some guitar riffs that Eddie has played and laid down that you are particular fans of. So we're stretching the rules a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, man, um, you, you can't just pick one. Like I, when you asked me to do this, it was like picking 
which kid I liked better. You know, <laughs> right, I mean? right. like, it was so hard. This is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got. I've heard that. Quantum <laughs> physics. Right. I've heard the same thing. Uh, and I, especially for you, you're a musician, so I kind of stretch the rules a little bit because you have some guitar riffs and solos that you you just think that are pretty amazing by by Eddie. And I want to. For me and our listeners, I think they'd be interested to, to, for you to tell us why, how hard they are to play, or what, what the layering, or whatever it is that you particularly stand out about these tracks. So I think that's a that's another rule. That's another reason to stretch the rules here, Bamberg. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, uh, so let's start for a few things first of all. So, uh, who who hurt you the most to lay to lay, to lay uh, blah, 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 to lay off this list to not have on this list? Oh my God! This, like I said, man. I uh, when you sent me that like the ten songs thing, I was like, yeah, okay. Yep. And then I started thinking about it, and it was probably one of the most stressful things <laughs> I've ever done because I want to talk about all my favorite music, right? But I mean, okay. First of all, like let's just go to the ones that I left off. I left off Black Sabbath. Could be anything. I left off Guns N' Roses, yep. Iron Maiden, Hendrix, obviously. Yep. Um, Metallica. Ozzy, especially like his stuff with Zach Wilde and Randy Rhodes. Yeah, as a guitar player, you know, that's kind of what, I, what, what I'm into. Um, I left some Queen out there, um, and I'd love to talk about that sometime. Yeah. Yeah, Queen um, is uh, underrated, like, man. Especially I, the song, yeah, especially the song Stone Cold Crazy. Yep. That song, that riff in that song is so heavy. Mm-hmm. If that would have been more distorted, like listen to the Metallica version they, that they covered of that. Yep. Like that's a full metal song. Like way before metal was kind of yeah. around, you know. Yeah, 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 man. He could, riff of that song. Freddie could sing, and their 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 arrangements are just amazing. There's so many. There's yeah. nothing like Queen. There's never been anything like Queen. There's nothing like Queen now. It's phenomenal. Yeah, um, another. Just, I'm just a huge, huge fan of Rory Gallagher. Um, little little story about Rory Gallagher for those who don't know um, anything about him. Just amazing, amazing guitar player from Ireland back in the day. Um, somebody once in the interview asked Jimi Hendrix, you know, what's it feel like to be the best guitar player on the planet? And he said, I don't know. Why don't we go ask Rory Gallagher? Oh, really? Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he just, like, he's a, he's a blues guy. And, uh-huh. I'm, you know, I'm, Jimmy was very inspired by Rory Gallagher. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's not around anymore. He passed away quite a while ago. But, uh, yeah, it's, if you don't know Rory Gallagher mm-hmm. stuff, Look it up. Um, you know, just check out Rory Gallagher. Okay. Um, obviously, as a guitar player, I left out, um, which I didn't want to, man. This this song kind of changed my life. And I literally wore out a cassette tape of this of this album. But Steve Vai, oh, okay. Tender Surrender. Yeah. Um, that Just one of the most amazing guitar songs ever, ever written. Um, I actually got to meet and hang out with Steve Vai. Once. Oh, did you? It was cra- a whole other crazy story. It'd take like an hour to tell it, but it, it was amazing. <laughs> I saw him. He was, um, he's back with Billy Idol. So when I went and saw Billy Idol uh, at his residency here in Vegas, he was back. Oh, are you thinking of Steve Stevens? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Steve Stevens. Yeah, you're thinking of Steve Stevens, I think. Oh, okay, my bad. Been that was Steve Vai. Forever, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, they- Steve Vai, yeah. He's probably the best, probably honestly, technically the best guitar player on the planet. Um, just insane what that guy can do. Um, um, I left Stevie Ray Vaughan off the list, which broke my heart. Yeah. Cause I'm the hugest Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Love Stevie. Um, just, I've never heard anybody play with so much feeling and passion. And 
uh, I've also read a ton of interviews about Stevie and people that produced his albums Mm -hmm. and played with him. And they said that, you know, through all his alcoholism and drug stuff and everything, he played it. He never played worse than like at 99% (laughs) of his potential. Like he picked up a guitar. Yeah. He nailed which, everything which our last podcast we talked about how when eddie was going through stuff and stuff he just he just, he couldn't play it he wasn't very good he we you know it was it just it really bogged him down you know yeah yeah and it, it, like i said it was bad man i'm so happy that uh he, he turned it around yeah and then back to just being that again yep um all right um, um those are some of the ones that hurt you to left leave off and i, I can relate yeah, i did also, i did one myself like, uh the band extreme you know we talked about sharon and the yep. album that he did with van halen but nuno Betancourt is one of my favorite guitar players ever like that guy is so amazing yeah. um i got to meet him too actually at the same time um i went on the this thing called the monsters of rock cruise uh, a couple of years ago okay yeah and yeah. it was just like guitar shred like heaven yep you know what i mean yep. like there were so many guys on the ship and uh I was actually dating a girl at the time who worked in production on the ship. And so, oh, I, okay. so I got you, a production yeah. laminate. Yep. And uh, so I was just walking around, like going backstage, like watching sound checks, hanging out with artists. Like it was, it was oh, wow. the same thing. Dude, that'd, be, that'd be nuts. Really cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, so it sounds like like not all the stuff that we've got in your sound check here is guitar driven, uh, you know, but the, everyone has sort of a ring to it. But you're more attracted to bands and and talents that are guitar oriented bands and almost the lyrics come second for you would you say yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. i i don't even i couldn't even tell you exactly what the singers are saying most of the time <laughs> right 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 i'm really concentrating yeah. on yep you know the guitar stuff yeah, yeah. The, you know the music part of it right right yeah it's just interesting how your your ear is picking up things that most people probably don't you know most people are looking for a catchy chorus and some lyrics and some rhymes you know <laughs> yeah a lot of people want to relate to the lyrics and like oh this song i could relate to that but i'm really just listening to the music and- yeah uh, oh that's cool all right um shall we start let's start uh, again, we, we we have more than ten, but I don't care. It's my show, and it's got Van Halen, so I'm breaking the rules. <laughs> so, yeah. all right, uh, let's get into the first one. Bo Bamberg, sound check. We'll uh, we'll start where it all begins.
And uh, that's, of course, Eruption by uh, Eddie Van Halen. Just uh, maybe that one, Bo, and Stairway to Heaven are the two most practiced riffs from guys who pick up guitars. I don't know. Um, it certainly is a landmark <laughs> landmark solo, and and people love it. And it's, it, I mean, you know more about it than I do. It was really in, in, innovative for its time, right? Yeah, it, it it blew it it opened a whole new part of the guitar. Like it changed the way the guitar was played. <laughs> it's like really Baba, like James Scrubbing or something, right? Like <laughs> the very yeah, the very second that that came out, mm-hmm. you know how many dudes in L.A. like just started like tapping, like they're like, holy shit, man, we can do. That's a new thing. It's right. a completely new thing like, that people weren't doing. And like we talked about in the last podcast, there was people that used their right hand on the fretboard just to reach a note that they maybe couldn't have reached with their left hand. Uh-huh. But he was the first guy to really play like a melodic, kind of like right apart mm-hmm. with that technique. And it really did, man. I mean, right when you, I, I've probably heard that a million times, and it never gets old, and I still get chills. Like right when you went into that, yeah. just the fact that I'm on a <laughs> podcast talking about eruption like that, it right. gave me chills again. Yeah. I uh, it blows me away every time. And, and it goes into uh, You Really Got Me, right? What does it go into? in the yep. uh, Yeah, which is yep. a really cool, I, I think, and it was a real cool uh, beginning. Like, just here you go. Here's here's Van Halen, you know? Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. It, did, uh, it, did you ever hear the story? I mean, did you ever hear the story? Uh, like, did Eddie say he was just screwing around in the studio and all of a sudden it, I mean, we talked about it sort of as amps and, things that are special to him as far as what creates his sound but did you ever and i don't know i'm just asking did eddie ever did you ever read anything about how eddie discovered the the using his right hand and and yeah i was watching actually jimmy page do like hammer on and pull offs with his uh with his left hand and it kind of gave him an idea of what he's like whoa okay so i see what he's doing Mm -hmm. now i could just use my index fingers like the nut of the guitar like where the strings ends like towards the head of the guitar and he yep. goes but i could just move that around mm-hmm. and use my right hand to do those hammer on and pull offs yeah to like change you know what key you're in or okay. what you know what what you're going to play and that's what kind of gave him the idea and then uh he would go home and practice that and it it sounded really cool and when they would play shows at you know in LA back in the back in the day um Everybody in the band would make him turn around, like when he would play a solo. <laughs> oh, really? Live, okay. Because they didn't want anybody to rip him off because oh. there's so many dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like, going to those shows, like trying to pick up on what like the current you know dudes were doing. Oh, so sure. He yeah, yeah. Would play his solo with his back to the crowd during the <laughs> tapping part because he didn't want he didn't want anybody to know like. He didn't want anybody to pick up on that and copy well, him. It's it's like when uh, Yamaha started using the start hooks from Europe, and yeah. they were putting a rag yeah. over them, and no one could figure out what the hell they were doing to compress the front end off the start, and uh, yeah. they were covering it all up. Uh, now, how good is your eruption, Bo Bamberg? How good is yours? Oh, I practice it almost every day, and it will never be as good as what we just heard. <laughs> but is it is it possible? <laughs> are you are you proud of it? Like uh, I can it, play it. Yeah. I can play it. I've played it before. Even part of my anthem that you heard at Wash Eagle, yep. there's, there's part of Eruption in there. Like the, it's actually my anthem starts with the intro to Eruption, mm-hmm. and then I also do the you know that fast picking part right before the tapping to throw some Van Halen just as a tribute because obviously mm-hmm. it's my favorite yeah. you know music 
I love to throw that into the national anthem. And plus, you know, I think when you play the national anthem on guitar, you got to show off a little bit, you know. Yeah. You just play the single note to get you boring. All right, and we got a couple other uh, Van Halen um, solos coming up that 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 probably I mean everybody knows Eruption, but the ones that you gave me, uh, I know about them because I'm such a fan. But uh, I was really surprised that you love these as well. So we're gonna I, I'm interested to hear you tell me more about these as we get further into this sound check. So, um, all right, next song, you ready? Here we go. Yeah. All right. off the debut album for Halen. Why that one? Oh, man. It was, there are so many reasons. Um, just, like, first of all, the intro, the scratching yep. with the with the Phase 90 pedal. Um, that was so innovative and just kind of cool. And it was kind of like he, that whole scratching thing, that was kind of way before, like, even the hip-hop beats made it popular, you know? Yeah. With the records or whatever, but he was doing it with a guitar. I was going to say, okay, so he's and, doing uh, that on guitar, right? He's What's he yeah, doing yeah, there? What's he? How's he doing that? He's just... He's scraping his palm, basically, on his right hand against the strings, just back and forth across the strings. Just back, just like that, okay. Pedal. It's, called a, it's called a Phase 90. Okay. Uh, MXR Phase 90. And it's like, you know, there's a dial where you can tune that, that effect. And for any guitar player out there, I, I, I love to play that song. I play it all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you t- take your Phase 90. It was actually the script logo one. And uh, you put that put the dial right between like nine and ten o'clock and okay. you do that <laughs> you just scrape your palm kind of across the strings and it it sounds super cool and uh man i love it i love yeah. to play that whole song and the, the solo of it's awesome and uh like i said man it was just yeah. really innovative and uh you know i mean that i think was what 22 years old when uh, they recorded that album and, yeah um just the stuff that he was doing was like it was just, it was new and it was different and, you know. Blowing no, people's minds. Done anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing about the early Halen, as opposed to the ones with Hagar, uh, Michael Anthony really shines through, I think, in the early discs more than he did later on. The bass. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot more. Well, it just depends on how you, I think it was the way it was recorded, too. Yeah, could be. It was so raw. Yeah. You just hear everything, you it's, know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. Yep. There's actually a guy that uh, on YouTube named Rick Beato. If, if anybody's interested, um, check out his channel. He actually does uh, a, a thing on his channel called "What Makes This Song Great," mm-hmm. and he breaks down every oh, song okay. part by part. Oh, he that's actually cool. does a great, 
does a great episode on running with the devil. Oh, okay. And he breaks down every single part and plays each part by itself. Mm-hmm. He's a really good like music producer. Right. And uh, it, it's really cool. If anybody ever you know is interested, yeah, I've seen that his channel um, classic albums on VH1 where they'll have their producer in the studio, and they'll drop yeah. out different parts of the song. And it's so interesting to hear the guy will be like, here's just what's going on. Here's what, you know, Larry Mullen Jr. is doing right here. And you just and he drops everything yeah. out. And you're like, wow, you never really notice it, you know? So Yeah, you don't. And you don't realize how it's recorded until they do that. Yeah. So you'll hear, yeah. you'll hear like, the drums bleeding into the guitar or the guitar bleeding into the bass line or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you just straight up know that they recorded that live in the studio together. So yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool how they break it down. Eruption, you're, you're obviously just an iconic solo. Atomic Punk, you're you're again you're going to focus on Eddie's innovative technique there in the beginning of the scratching, and uh, but I'm guessing this next song is your favorite DLR song. Then would you say? Oh, uh, what is it? What did I pick? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Unchained. I, it's hard to pick. Man. Unchained. I, it's like my kids. Right. You know what I mean, right. Unchained is actually my ringtone on my phone. Okay. Um, I All love right. that riff. Yeah. And All right. It's it's. I, I can't pick a favorite, but I love it. All right. Let's let's get into that. As you know, I'm I'm not a huge DLR guy, but it's either Unchained or Panama for me. Best DLR. It was hard to to leave Panama off the list too. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah. and Unchained is insane. Like the whole opening riff with the uh, with the flanger and the the uh, just that you know the whole thing is amazing. But the really thing that that sets me off about Unchained, besides that opening riff. Mm Is that the the chorus part, like the thought you'd never miss me till I got off that CD dress part? Yep. And the guitar part in that is so weird and different. It's, it was I I played that song for a long time, and I was actually playing it way wrong until I really like dug into it and listened to it. Okay, and it's really kind of a weird rhythm to play, and that's like kind of what I was talking about before. How Ed's rhythm playing is so overlooked. 
and that's such an amazing part that the chorus part of Unchained is uh, and you know any guitar player that, that plays that song knows how kind of weird it is and mm -hmm. um, to nail it just right is, is really really cool and that yeah that, the whole thing is awesome but um, what really blew me away about that song was that the, that chorus rhythm guitar part you know let's go try to find that I want to hear that now you've told me this now I now I really want to hear this Okay, here we go. Okay, I kind of hear what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really weird rhythm, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, I uh, I'm a fan of the song. It's just it's a hard driving song. I like it. It's it's fast. It's, yeah. It's, it's three minutes. It's done, and you know. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go into the next. Uh, here we go. Off Van Halen two. Spanish Fly. Again, just something yeah, that impresses another, you. Another one that's just so innovative. And uh, I actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, you know, I, I read up on all the uh -huh. Van Halen folklore and the, uh -huh. everything else. And I heard that uh, he'd never really played a nylon string guitar before. And he was at some Christmas party at someone, you know, in the record industry or whatever. At some Christmas party, and he picks up a in the basement some nylon string guitar and just starts doing his thing on it and kind of came up with that. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, and then went and recorded it. But yeah, just like, you know what I mean? Like just to realize and anybody who's ever played a nylon string guitar compared to like a regular steel string acoustic guitar knows that it's a lot different, not necessarily just playing the thing, but as far as, uh, tapping goes, yeah. you can actually hear it a lot better. And it's just, it's just really cool how it, you know, it all worked out, I guess, for him. Right, right. And, and you know, the, the tapped harmonics at the, at the end, that was another thing that nobody was doing, uh, really, at the time, and that was so long ago. Um, the very, very last notes of Spanish Flyer is what's called tapped harmonics. And uh, you basically hit harmonics, but with your right hand. Um, you kind of hold a chord, which I think he's holding like the E chord or something, with his left hand, and then taps an octave above each note with his right hand, and that's kind of, kind of how he gets that, <laughs> okay. that sound. Ah, cool. So, yeah, it's yeah. just another, another thing that's super innovative, and it just sounds awesome. And, you know, like I said, like I said before, that's just something that came out of someone's 
head yeah. or someone's heart or whatever, yeah. like wherever it comes from. Like no one else had ever done that. Right, it right. Was just something that was like that he did. Uh, all right, let's uh, another sound check song here. Bo Bamberg, one that's close to my heart. Here we go. I like this one. I'm a fan. Pause it for a second here, Bo, because you wanted to talk about that drill in the beginning of Pound Cake. Yeah. What? What? Why sure was this? What happened? Yeah. Why was this so big? For, I don't understand why you want to talk about this drill. <laughs> because I think probably what happened um, was they were probably working on one of his guitars in the studio with okay. a, a drill. Yeah. Yeah. And he realized that the pickups picked up the sound of the drill. Okay. Which is weird because your guitar will pick up all kinds of weird sounds. Like if you hold a remote control to your TV, oh, okay. to your guitar pickup, yep, yep. it will pick that up and make a weird sound. Oh, okay. But he probably discovered that, like, oh, whoa, my guitar just picked up that drill or whatever, and it <laughs> somehow, you know, incorporated it into a song. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, just that whole album, you know, the Foreign Lawful Carmen Knowledge album, that has such a big sound. It, yeah. It sounds so, like... Uh, not not raw like their like their early stuff. No, no. It's like a really produced and mastered album that has this huge, huge sound. And uh, I remember when I heard that, like when I, I was, I don't, I don't even know how old I was when yeah. when that album came out. I think it was in eighth grade or something like that. But man, just I heard that drill, and I thought it was so cool. And then I saw the video for it on MTV. And he actually had the drill, and I kind of figured out what he was doing. <laughs> and it's amazing. Right. And an awesome side note to that story, um, I think it was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe. Mm-hmm. Five, ten, whatever. I, like I said, I have no concept yeah. of time because I travel so much. I just happened to be, I had a storage unit with a bunch of stuff in it. And uh, I was cleaning out my storage unit or putting stuff in there or whatever. And then... Uh, some guy from a couple of units down comes over to me and he's holding a box of stuff. Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, Hey, uh, you, you look like a construction guy or something. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Hey, I just want to, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. Do you want, I got some drills and stuff in here. <laughs> and he hands me two of those exact same drills that Ed used, which they're like, uh, they're from like 1991 or something. Okay. They're Makita, like yeah, cord- yeah. like the very first <laughs> Makita cordless drills, the blue ones. Yeah, and he handed me two of them with two batteries and two chargers, and I I couldn't believe it because that <laughs> I, you can use any drill to try to play that song, but none of them are going to have that exact same tone. For real? Oh, okay. These two are the yeah, exact yeah. same. <laughs> like yeah, you could take like any Dewalt drill or whatever now. Right. It's not going to have that same tone. It's not going to have that same pitch. This guy just happened to randomly out of nowhere 
you, walk up to me and be like, "Hey, I got these drills. You want them?" And dude, and you're, as soon as I looked in the box, I I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You, you're like, you don't even understand, bro. You don't even. These are more than drills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like he had no idea. Right. I was so excited. I was like, dude, you have no idea what you just gave me. And he's like, what? What do you mean? There's some old shit I had in my storage unit. And I'm like, yeah, just yeah. don't worry about it. But thank right. you so much. Oh, that's funny. They're they're impossible to find now. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing is, is like the battery still charged, kind of. But I mean, these things are literally. It was the very first cordless tool ever invented, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like the night, like like ninety one. Right. But it'll charge enough just to get that intro drill bit. But I can make it sound just like that when I play Town Gate. <laughs> That's insane, right? Like it's crazy. Yeah, I did not imagine this this sound check going more about the drill than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but that that's good. Uh, let's let's listen to a little bit more of the song. Here we go. I'll never forget, this is how much of a dork I am, uh, Bo. I was driving my van going riding, and they said the debut of the new Van Halen song. I think it had been three years, four years since since OU812. And they said the debut of the new Van Halen song coming up next, and I had to pull over. I had to pull over and wait. I'm like, I'm not driving. I need to soak this in. And this was Pound Cake, their first single off yeah. off, off their their next disc. I remember yeah, pulling and over and being it. like, "I can't go in. I can't. I can't. I can't drive. I I, I got to listen to this song." So, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, then, man, it's like it's a hard hitting song. Like it's, you hear that, like yeah. it's uh, another thing. It's like not. It didn't change the world, but it's like another innovative thing. You know, he used a freaking drill. Yeah. Yep. for an intro to a song, and it was like it's a, it's loud and violent, and like right. it gets you pumped, and and then the uh, like the harmonics that he's doing um, for the uh, you know right after the little chord progression yep. he does. Um, another thing that's super rad too, and it's super fun to play, and it sounds cool. And it's just like. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the world's biggest Van Halen fan, so I think anything that he does is going to be the coolest thing ever. Um, but do you do you know what I'm? You know what I love about this song too? A little unknown part, or not unknown, but uh, we're coming up to it here. There's a it slows down for a second, and all you hear is Michael Anthony go do 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 do, and it picks back up again. It's the it's the uh-huh. weirdest like four bass notes. In the that all you can, you know what I'm talking about? It's coming up here. I know exactly. What you're yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I love it. It's great. It's such a underrated yeah. part of this song. 
Um, yeah, I, and then Michael Anthony gets like a bad rap kind of like he, I hear it, you know, in the music circles and stuff. Like, oh, he wasn't that good. He wasn't that good. Yeah, he was. He's really, really good, man. He's yeah. a, a tremendous bass player, and he has a great. Like he's a great background singer, you know. Yeah. Backup vocalist. Yep. Like Van Halen wouldn't have been Van Halen without him and Ed's background harmonies. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Yeah, I was. Uh, of course, Sammy just sings about chicks and getting chicks and getting laid and everything. <laughs> but, but that, I think if you read Sammy's autobiography, it always drove him a, drove Ed a little bit nuts that he would come up with this stuff, um, and then it, Sammy would just put lyrics about getting laid or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is what most people right. are thinking about most of the time anyway. Yeah, so. Here's uh, I think here's yeah, they didn't sell they here didn't sell a hundred million albums for no reason. Coming up here, I think the bass. Right there. Just random. Yeah. I don't know why they yep. put that in there, but it's awesome. Um, it drives it, man. It's like the bass and the drums is what drives yep. you know, That's the heartbeat of the band. So. Yep, absolutely. All right, next song for you, Bo Bamberg, off the same disc. And this one, everyone will know this one. It's definitely a classic. And this one, uh, apparently in the autobiography for Sammy, Ed was just fooling around on the keyboard or on the piano, and Sammy was like, "Hey, what is that?" And it, it went from there. Yeah. Just like the piano part is yep. super rad, um, you know the the guitar part that goes with the piano part is awesome. The drums sound amazing, like you know. Just I love Alex's uh, ride cymbal, like how he plays. You know, just every, mm-hmm. everything they do is, yep. is great. And then the solo of that song is amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. One thing, you know, uh, when, one thing. Whenever I've seen him in concert, Ed never plays it. Never plays this uh, live. It's always just you know pre-recorded. Well, yeah, the piano parts pre-recorded. I've seen him a couple times. Well, I've seen him several times with Sammy, 
and every time they'll play on the big screen, like at playing the piano. Oh, really? I never noticed okay, that. He'll okay. Play, yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Like every time I've seen him, they'll they'll play like uh, I don't know where he's at or what he's you know where yeah, it's yeah. filmed. Right. But he's sitting at a piano playing yep. the the piano part to right now. But he play live. He plays right. the uh, he plays the guitar to it. So, but um, so you like the solo in this for you? Like, oh, I love yep. it. Yeah, the solo is amazing. Like I said, every, everything it does is amazing to me. Uh, <laughs> the, the whole song just it was rad, and it also had it had a rad video. Like yeah, you obviously probably remember the video. A lot of younger guys probably won't. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Look it up. It's yep. really cool. And it was filmed the way it was, cutting because, edge for the time. You yeah, know? it was it won video of the year and everything for MTV and all that. Uh, and it was filmed that way because Sammy was sick. He didn't want to film it. He was deathly sick. He said so. He just stood there. <laughs> yeah, and it was really cool how, you know, just it was different. It was yep. like different than anything that had been right. going on and Let's go. Let's listen to the solo. Here we go. Bo, that's that would just be like that's no layering there, right? That's all him in one shot on that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know how they recorded it. Right, and, right. You know, they'll overdub because I don't. Do yeah, I don't know how he. There's a part there where he goes to high and then back down, and I'm just like, I don't know how he does that. But maybe. Yeah, well, most people don't, man. That's right. why there's only one Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. But the, the solo, what I really like about that is kind of like. Any great solo to me is like a song of its own. It, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily like uh, say like, you know, there's songs like say your Nirvana song or something where like the solo is just kind of like follows the, the song or the chorus yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. kind of played like how how yep. the chorus goes or whatever. Yep. Yeah. But like, I mean, look at like, uh, like the best example of that I think would be Hotel California. Like sure. when the Hotel California solo goes on, that's like its own song. Right, right. Yeah, like it's a, Don it's like Felder. Thing. Yeah, it's Don Felder, I guess, who did all that, right? He was a big. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, he wrote the, actually all the music. Like every, he had that song completely done. Yeah, I think yeah. when he gave it to you know the guys or whatever, he even had Joe Walsh's parts that he played. Um, right. Kind of given to him. I'm sure Joe did some. Joe Walsh stuff with it, but yeah. <laughs> um, everything was written out, man, and like he he made that whole thing. So yeah, you're right. Like Eddie's just you could. The, it's a piano, it's a bass, it's driving, it's it's a it's a rhythmic song, and then that solo kicks in and it just goes off. Is what you're basically yeah, saying? It just goes off. Halen. It goes off track. It just keeps going. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, I totally get what you're saying. So, uh, Foreign Lawful Connor Knowledge, produced by Andy Johns, who uh, did some work with Zeppelin. Back, he's a British guy. Did some work with Zeppelin yep. before, so um, you're right. It yeah, was, and the Eagles, like we were just talking about. It Eagles was did their first couple albums with him, I think. Yeah, very hard driving. Uh, lots of. Yep. He, I, I don't. I don't know if we talked about fifty one fifty. I'm surprised you have no fifty one fifty on here. By the way, no. I I had all that stuff. I would <laughs> we would go through every Van Halen song if I had the time, but I just wanted to talk about certain things. I hate the way fifty one fifty. I could have talked about summer nights. I could have right. talked about like I could have talked about everything, man. Okay, because uh, fifty one fifty to me is still their best one ever. Yeah, that riff yep. is insane. Um, that riff's so great. Like I, dude, this. This could be a six-hour podcast. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe we should just move along. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here we go. Next one. That's uh, a solo off of uh, 316, it's called. And I guess Eddie used to play that for Wolfgang, apparently. Did you hear that? Well, yeah, the story behind that is he, he'd played that quite a bit before Wolfgang was born. Okay. Um, if actually you look at uh, the Live Without a Net um, mm-hmm. eruption solo, or just Ed solo on that tour of the Live Without a Net, it's on YouTube. Yep. If anyone's curious, check it out. But he used to start his live solo with that. And that's an '86. Uh, yeah, that's five years born. Five years before this disc comes out. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that uh, he used to play that song all the time when Valerie was pregnant with Wolfgang, like with an acoustic guitar, like against her belly or like next to her belly when he was when she was pregnant. Okay. And so when he was born on March 16th, 316, that's when oh. he decided to put that on the album and call it 316. That's I know why, why I called it's that. called 316. Got it. Okay. So can you play that? Yep. Do, you, do you play that often? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Every time I pick up a guitar, I play that. Like, uh, that's kind of like I, if I pick up a guitar, especially like an acoustic or one that's not plugged in yet, uh-huh. um, or even if I just, like if I turn on my amp, um, it has to warm up. It's a tube amp, you know, it has to warm yep. up or whatever yep. before I really start playing. And uh, it's always on the clean channel, and that's the that's the very first thing I'll ever play when I pick up a guitar. And it's kind of like one of those things. Um, it's it's actually very simple to play, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure your hands are working and everything. Your coordination's on. It's kind of like making sure that your uh, forks and your shock are yeah. working together. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like they're on the same setting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, all right. Yeah. Now. So I, I play. Yeah, I play that song all the time. Like almost every time I pick up guitar, I, I play that. Oh, cool. All right. Here's another uh, instrumental that you liked, and I, I wasn't a fan of this, to be honest, on on this uh, on this disc. But let's get into it. Oh, how could you not like this? <laughs> I just never got into it. I never really did. It's off balance. Because Sammy's not singing. That's <laughs> It's four minutes of this stuff. It's, it's just... so good, though, man. 
Baclitarium? Baclitarium? What, 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 what is it? What's it called? Baluchitarium. Oh, that's it. Baluchitarium. Okay. Well, why that one? What do you like about it? I just love it. It's like, you know, when, anytime that you can write a guitar song where, like, the guitar is singing the lyrics, mm -hmm. singing, you know what I mean? Yep. It's like doing its thing. That, that's cool. It's like going back to, like, the Steve Vai thing or the Joe Satriani or, you know, whatever. Um, or even, like, uh, you know, like uh, Steve Ray Vaughan's version of Little Wing or any, anything like that where, like, the guitar is doing the singing. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm not a singer. Yep. I can't sing. And, that it, like I said, I'm, I'm not one somebody that pays attention to lyrics and it's it's about the music for me right. and that song actually was supposed to be a song with lyrics on it and they they brought that song in and i guess sammy heard it and he's like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this but he liked it so much he's like hey you should just put it on the album uh as it is like without lyrics because it sounds cool yeah and so that's what they did huh, that was originally written as a song that was supposed to have lyrics on it Yes, I don't. I'm with Sammy. It was brought in, yeah. Sammy, to be like, "Hey, what can you do with this?" Yeah, and he, you know, was like, "Hey, I got nothing for that, but you should just put it on the album because it sounds awesome." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I don't know what he would do with that. It's, it's a good, yeah, point. Uh, all right, next one. with that one, Bo? Oh, just the complexity of that song and uh -huh. all the layers of it. Um, how it starts off with like the picking thing and, mm -hmm. and it starts off kind of mellow and slow and which is actually really difficult to play. It's kind of, almost chicken picking in a way kind of thing. And 
just the layers of that song are, are crazy and then how it goes into the the next verse which is like a whole different guitar part and then the solo's crazy um, it's like like I said another thing it's like a song of its yeah. own and uh, there's just so many layers to that song um, it's it's just really an epic song you know I think it, uh, what it Feeling closed out that album right I think it did uh, I think it yeah it did Aftershock was right around there I think but yeah I think Feeling closed it out yep yeah, I think too, and close it out. I'm like, what an epic ending to an album, man! Like, yeah. it really is just like a big epic production of a song. You know, it's like a, it's like a movie almost. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah, starts yeah. out like a certain way, slow, and then it builds, and the, you know, the characters build, and then it ends with this like big crescendo or whatever. And it's, yep. yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a huge, huge song. Whenever I think of balance, or when I hear balance, I just again reading Sammy's autobiography. They were they were all fighting. They were all over it. Uh, Sammy's doing his lyrics separately. He wasn't getting along with Ted Templeton, who was a producer and picked by the brothers. And I, I, balance feels a bit mailed in by Sammy. The lyrics are plain. They're simple. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But to me, balance. I, I can hear the end of the band in balance. And maybe it's because you just know that. But I, I feel like it's one of Sammy's weaker. Lyrically, yeah, lyrically, I'm not sure, but that's a pretty like that's a pretty lyrically strong song, I guess. Like I yeah. said, I'm not yep. the guy who's like necessarily concentrating on the lyrics. But I'm more like interested in the music and what's yep. going on with the band. But yep. um, yeah, like yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Like songs like Amsterdam, Amsterdam, and, uh, right? Big Fat Money, right? right. Big Fat Money, like it's just not not lyrically like what Sammy's usually about, you know. That's that you nailed it with those two songs, and then when you, I think there was two instrumentals on on balance, and there's yeah, two of those two time, doing time and Ethereum, like the doing time thing. I don't, that, yeah. that's like almost, I almost like even fast forward through that if yep. it's on, yeah, just because I don't want to hear. And so know. I think you're getting a nine disc, a nine song disc, and and two of them are instrumentals, and two of them are absolute garbage by Sammy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't tell yeah, me. I, I honestly, as much of a Van Halen fan as I am, um, uh, Big Fat Money in Amsterdam just don't do it for no, me. Like, no. lyrically, like the the, the music's great, but mm-hmm. I I can only hear you know Wham Bam Amsterdam so many times before <laughs> I, I kind of tune out. Trust you know? me, I'm the biggest Sammy fan ever, and I'm like, wow. Tough, tough, tough listen. This is a tough listen right here. Um, yeah. But uh, but don't tell me what love can do is is really good. And after yeah, that was not great, bad man. And, same kind of same kind of like Flandre effect that he used on Unchained. Yep. Um, great riff. Super super easy to play too. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah. Anybody like yeah. Is interested in learning that? It's very very simple to play. Yep. Yep. Um, it's just drop D. Like you use one finger at a time, kind of thing. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah, but great, great song, great video. They had like that was another really popular video they had off that like back in the days of you know music television. I don't know if any kids no, listening would know what that is. Nobody would know that that is anymore. Um, <laughs> all right, this concludes the uh, Van Halen part of the sound check by Bo Bamberg. Uh, we got uh, a few more songs to go here, uh, so let's listen to this commercial from the folks at Race Tech and Max's Tires, of course, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, and uh, support the guys that's. Support us, and uh, we'll be right back with the rest of the songs from Bo Bamberg. Race Tech Suspension and Engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. 
Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpomex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. All right, and we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, flyracing.com. Please check them out. How's everything with the Nitro Tour going, by the way, Bo? To, to it's going it. good, man. We're in, uh, next Saturday, well, actually, I fly to Europe next Saturday to start our next tour in Europe um, mm-hmm. on Tuesday in Birmingham, England. Oh, nice. Nice. Glad to see that. And uh, there's still tickets available. <laughs> right. Any uh, English fans are listening? The UK fans? Yeah. Anybody in Europe, really? Right. Yeah. Anybody in Europe? It's not. It's not that bad. It's not that far away. Uh, all right. Let's yeah, go into the non-Halen songs. This one, uh, I think, Bo, you're the third guy to put this on their sound check. By the way, this song. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is a uh, an oldie but a goodie, and everybody seems to like it. in chains. Why that one? That's, uh, that was the start of the whole grunge Seattle thing for me. Yep. Um, when I was in, I think I was probably, man, I must have been like 15 when that song came out. And that, you know, Alice in Chains actually was like a big band before Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Were they? Or what, they were yep. kind of like, yeah, they they had a, like a record deal before okay any of those seattle bands like even before soundgarden uh pearl jam out nirvana um like any of the sub pop bands that followed them 
but they uh it, the thing that that like i said i've never been really a guy that's into the vocals or right. the, the lyrics of a band but for me lane's voice that's that stands out like that's and, and the only reason I picked that song is because I knew it was a song people would heard of, and I yep. kind of that was my intro. That was the first song that I'd heard from Alice in Chains. That kind of like I was like, "Whoa, what, what's this?" Like it's a very, very simple guitar riff, simple music, really. Like I told you, when I was in high school, I had an Alice in Chains cover band. Yeah, and so like I'm very, very familiar and, and love Alice in Chains. Right, but it the music was simple. And it has a great hook, and it's very catchy. But Lane's voice, man, was so powerful. And I really, really almost didn't pick Man in the Box. I almost picked, like, Love, Hate, Love or Bleed the Freak mm-hmm. just because his voice was so powerful in those songs. And there's no way anybody else can pull that off. And I'm super embarrassed to, to tell you this, but I was actually the singer in the band, <laughs> and it was... I had some very embarrassing moments trying, trying to, to do this like Lane Staley. <laughs> right, right, like, right. especially with that song. We played Man in the Box at a talent show one time. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, if, if, if by chance there's any videos like VHS tapes <laughs> or anything out there of that, I will, like, personally, like, Liam Neeson those things down and find them and burn them <laughs> and kill everyone that's ever seen them just so no one ever sees it because it was that bad. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just loved it, man. Like that, 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 you know, part, part of the deal too is when you're like, when you're that age, when you're 15, you're starting to like kind of figure stuff out and like you're, you're just a squirrely teenager. But man, those, that, that album, that band like really kind of shapes, you know, what yep. I wanted to do yep. with my life and, and got me into music more and got me into playing guitar more, got me into a band, got, you know. Oh, cool. I just I love all that stuff and plus the solo of that song is amazing still like uh, Jerry's guitar playing it's like a lot of the riffs are really simple but the solo of that song is amazing huh interesting yeah I, I just, I'm not an Allison Change guy uh, that it was like the best yeah. use of a talk box since Peter Frampton <laughs> good point it is kind of your good point uh, alright next one up here we go classic band Take my hand, child, come with me It's to a castle I will take you Well, what's to be, they say, will be I guess the wind sea has been sailed away Leave the day way up high in the sky Say to me tomorrow Oh, what fun it all would be Then what's to stop us, pretty baby? But what is and what should never be? I can't the wind see it's been sailed away Only got the shell. 
Of course, Led Zeppelin. What is and what should never be? Man, Zeppelin through headphones always sounds so good, Bo. It sounds good no matter what you're listening. I, I could barely hear it, what you're playing right now, and it just brought me right back to, like, the reason I picked that song uh-huh. is because when I was 16 and I got my driver's license, I, the very, probably the very first thing I played on cassette tape in a 1978 Ford Bronco, <laughs> Led Zeppelin too, yep. and that song instantly takes me back still to this day to being to just having freedom and just being like having my buddies in the in the truck and and you know going on you know just driving nowhere just to go drive somewhere yep and uh i i'm not kidding man to this day like if that that song comes on if i have my you know my music on shuffle or whatever yep then i'm instantly it's the summertime of like 1990 four or whatever right and i'm just driving a ford bronco over mount hood <laughs> in the summertime with the top off you know what i mean like yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those oh, songs yeah. that just takes me back every time it's and uh what music yeah, is what, so great what, about yeah yeah what can you i mean i could have picked any led zeppelin song yeah and yep. you know i'm a huge led zeppelin fan um like i said could have picked any any one of their songs but that song in particular uh, just takes me back to uh, just discovering, you know, freedom and and hanging out with your friends and going camping in the summer or whatever. Yeah, like, well, yeah, you know, you yeah. Just, That was the time. Um, yeah, classic for sure. I uh, want to get in more into Zeppelin and uh, Jeff Emick loves Led Zeppelin and knows them very well and has seen them on that O tour or whatever O two concert thing they did two nights in in, in England. And so I yeah. told him, I said, "Hey, give me like the three best was Zeppelin he there? songs." Yeah, he went. Yeah, no way. Well, he know That's he knows amazing. Bonham, right? He knows Jason Bonham, really. Yeah, well. yeah. I see on right. Instagram that they took they yeah, you know, communicate back and forth. Right. So he's my key to meeting Sammy, but it hasn't happened yet because obviously Bonham's <laughs> in the circle. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I just said, "Hey, give me give me like three or four must download Zeppelin songs," and yeah, he sent me a list and said, "You got to get these ones." So it's kind of cool. So I'm on my phone and just. You know, classic Zeppelin stuff, like not stairway. Oh, dive into it, man. It's yeah. it's amazing. They're, I mean, you know, there's a reason they're Led Zeppelin and they're so popular. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy that Robert Plant could make eight bajillion dollars by doing some shows and just has no interest, just not none. Yeah, I mean, you know? once you have, I'm sure. I'm he, sure once he has eighty bajillion, right, financially, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sure he, I'm, he probably has more than like your average freestyle motocrosser. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, once you once you're having that much money, like what's you know another right. billion? I guess, I guess. Yeah, here we go. Next one. I've never heard of this band before. Never heard of this song. So uh, here we go.
Sasquatch let it in. Where'd you uh, discover these guys, Bo? Man, you know, I don't even remember where I discovered them. Um, it might have been like on Pandora or something okay. like that. Yep. On somebody else's channel. And that song came on. And I'm not even sure if it was that song. But uh, it instantly made me think of Terraforma 2 and Corrosion of Conformity. Okay, yeah. Just like the way like the guitar is kind of fuzzy and like a, and just the way it sounded, it fully reminded me of like Corrosion of Conformity. And I remember, I specifically remember exactly where I was when the song came on. I was sitting, I, have, I was sitting in my sauna. And uh, I had my phone in there, like at the bottom of the sauna, because, you know, so it didn't get too hot and like overheat, but I was listening to music. And that song came on and I was like, whoa, who is this? Mm -hmm. And so I picked it up and looked. And uh, I remember just like getting, like I, I just researched, like who is this band? <laughs> I looked them up, downloaded whatever I could um, from them. And, uh, just fell in love with that band, man. They're, they're like one of the last of the great American independent bands, you know. Right, right. I, I literally, I just saw them not long ago in Portland, and oh, I, cool. I waited for like probably two or three years. I like followed these guys on social media, looked at their website, like yep, looked yep. at everything, and I waited forever. I listened to all their albums. Every song's great. It's like full throwback, kind of like not throwback, but like it gives me. It reminds me of like corrosion of conformity from mm -hmm. like that or the, the the terra firma stuff, and that's what really caught my ear. Dude, you're and a so Sasquatch super fan. Guys, you're a Sasquatch super. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And uh, it, I dove into these guys like their whole catalog. Where are they and, from? Uh, Where are they from? You know? Uh, well, they live in L.A. now. Okay. Uh, the singer, I think, is from Pennsylvania, like near near uh, like Philadelphia or something. I think. Okay. But I actually got to hang out with these dudes. I saw them in concert. Um, <laughs> I think maybe a year ago. Uh huh. And it was in the t a tiny little club in Portland. I couldn't believe that they were coming here, so I went. And there, I mean, I felt super bad because there might have been like 20 people at the show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But they, they kicked so much ass. I literally stood two feet away from the singer slash guitar player mm -hmm. the whole time they played the concert. And afterwards, uh, I was like, hey, man, I'm a huge fan. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever, like, you guys want to hang out and like get a drink <laughs> at the bar or whatever? And so we literally, like, all the whole band, like, just sat with me at the bar and we just talked shit all night. We talked about Van Halen. We talked about, like, music stuff. We talked about guitars and amps. And it was rad. It was so cool. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. The reason I picked those guys is because, man, if you guys are listening, check out Sasquatch. There's not, there, there's actually a rapper named Sasquatch too, which is like completely faked me out right. because I get like bands in town notifications <laughs> and they're like, Oh, Sasquatch is going to be here and I'll look it up and it'll be like uh, you know, Wu-Tang Clan opening or whatever. Like, right. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Complete different thing. But yes. look up Sasquatch. Their albums are on iTunes and all your like, yeah. you know, digital platforms or whatever. We, Check them out. They're awesome. Rad dudes. Super cool to hang out with and just, I love what they're doing. And it like fully reminds me. It's like a mix between like say like Nirvana and and Corrosion of Conformity. So, and I just really really want to like spread the word about like get, cool. getting those dudes out there. Yeah, because they they great great show, great band, super talented dudes, and uh, 
just really cool dudes. Like I said, I hung out yeah. with them like for a couple hours after the show and we we're just like sitting at the bar drinking and talking shit about Van Halen and everything else. And it was amazing. Man. The, Those guys are super cool. The second sound check where the guy on the phone has, has met and hung out with one of the bands he picked Daniel Blair somehow got to know the lead singer of Papa Roach and still knows him and hangs out with him. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very random. So, uh, all right, here we go. Next one. Uh, a little more familiar band. Here we go. Lars Lindstrom was the only guy to... He didn't pick this song, but he did pick this band for his sound check. Recognize that voice. <laughs> That's Pantera. Yeah. Drag the waters. Yep. And the thing, the reason I think I picked Pantera, and I think that anybody loves Pantera, is because they were, they really were like a before their time, almost as far as like heaviness. When you think about like when Cowboys from Hell came out, that was in the '80s, man, and that was so heavy. It was like, you know, Cowboys from Hell came out like at the same time that Poison was popular. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, all those 80s hair bands when everyone was kind of doing like that uh, bubblegum mm-hmm. pop metal kind of whatever. Yeah. And Cowboys but, from like, Hell just drops on everybody. Just <laughs> fucking knocked everyone on their ass. You know what I mean? Like that, that was so heavy. And just how, if you listen to all those records, man, like how tight that Vinny and Dime are. I mean, they say that with brothers, like with brothers that are in bands, that like with you know, like Eddie and Alex, or right. you know, um, anybody, like even bands that with brothers that sing, you know, like the Black Crows, or mm-hmm. I mean, even Oasis or whatever. Yep. Um, just they have like this some some kind of connection to where they're just so tight, and uh, especially the reason I picked that that song is because that album. I don't know if it was produced different or mastered different or whatever what, whatever it was, but I'm telling you, man, if you put, like if you're testing out a, a new car stereo or uh-huh. something, like you got like a badass uh, system in your car or whatever, like play that song because that has like every, like from the drums to the bass to the guitar to the vocals, everything is at like a, a high level and you, you can like really hear what you're 
what your speakers are doing. Oh, okay. And that, that album is just like, especially that song, it's so much louder than like anything else that you're going to put through your stereo. And uh, that was another one of those songs that like when that album came out, you know, as a kid with a, you know, my, in my cassette tape player <laughs> driving. Yeah. Uh, I played that over and over and over just because it sounded, it was so big. It was such a big sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that song, for some reason, that song just resonated with me and stuck with me and um, just how big it was, you know, it right. had like, it was bigger than any, any other, uh, any other recording that I had that I was listening to. Like you could hear everything, you yeah. know, you could hear like the bass and the drums and everything sounded so big. All right. Uh, next song. Here we go. Bo Bamberg Soundcheck. Until you put me down, Richie Kotzen. Where's he from, Bo? What? What? That name's familiar. He's from Pennsylvania too. Um, Is he from a band? Yeah. Did he play, why do I know that name? He well, he has been in a few bands. Um, most recently, he was in a band called the Winery Dogs okay. with Mike Portnoy and Billy Sheehan, who is like Mike Portnoy is probably widely considered to be one of the best drummers on the planet. Yeah, Billy Sheehan is probably the best bass player on the planet. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but Richie Cotton is like, I, I tell so many people about Richie Cotton, and people are like, who? And I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he has probably, I mean, he has to have 20 something solo albums out mm-hmm. to where, I mean, and he plays every instrument on his albums. Oh, really? Um, wow. Like everything you hear there, that's him playing like huh. drums, bass, guitar, singing. And he's got to be like one of the most talented musicians. Like he's so good, he's almost like uh, like an eccentric almost to where he's like uh, he has such a crazy range of styles of music to you know everything from like poppy stuff to like that kind of bluesy stuff you just heard to rock to. But he's a guitar shredder, and uh, he started out as like a he was like a nineteen year old prodigy. 
mm. recorded a, like a guitar shred album during like the heyday of like you know the Steve Vai Satriani yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that like the Jason Becker Jason Becker actually produced his first guitar shred album and uh, I don't know like anybody that knows anything about you know shred guitar stuff will know who Jason Becker is but he's a guy who suffers from ALS now and can't move or can't do anything but he he played in David Lee Roth's band actually oh, for a okay. while yeah. when uh, David Lee Roth left Van Halen after Steve Vai hmm. um, but yeah Jason Becker was like an insane like crazy like was doing stuff super innovative um, more in like the shred genre um, but insanely talented but anyway, Richie started out as like a just a 19-year-old kid shred guitar player, and he played just he had just a guitar album. Huh. And you know, later I I don't know later if whatever he realized he could sing, but yeah, then he then he just started making albums, you know, where he'd write and and play all the instruments on all of his songs. And I tell people about Richie Cotton all the time, and they're like, "Oh, I've never heard of him." Yeah. But man, anybody out there listening, like, do yourself a favor, and I guess like a really good point to start with Richie because he has such a vast catalog um, well another thing he he replaced C.C. DeVille in Poison when C.C. Oh, really? DeVille left Okay, and then he also replaced Paul Gilbert and Mr. Big for a while okay see, I've definitely I've read his name or read about him for sure or yeah, maybe he, it was the Poison thing he's gotta be like one of the most talented musicians yep. on the planet and that's why I want people to know about him yeah He's and just the fact that he can play every instrument and he can sing. Like he, he almost has like kind of a Chris Cornell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can and hear he that. He actually yeah. has played. He actually has played with um, Tom Morello and those guys, like doing uh, Audio Slave covers and stuff when they do like Celebrity Jam Night. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And then also the Winery Dogs. Like check out the Winery Dogs. Like that's such an amazing album. Like especially their first album. But anybody that wants to interested in Richie Cotton, look up on YouTube. Um, just type in Richie Cotton Live 2015, mm-hmm. like full show. Yep. And it's a full show that he did in Japan with his band, and his band is so good. It's just a three piece. Huh. And uh, yeah. he he sings, plays guitar, has an amazing bla- bass player named Dylan Wilson, and Mike Bennett plays drums. And man, they are so good. That that concert, I've probably like I don't know how many views it has on YouTube. If it has a million views, I'm probably eight hundred thousand. Because <laughs> I literally watch it all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, that guy is so talented. Uh, do yourself a favor and dive into Richie Cotton stuff. Like that song is off an album called "Into the Black," and there's a couple of his really popular songs that are on the album um, too. Mm-hmm. Called uh, "Doing What the Devil Says to Do," and uh, um, "You Can't Save Me." And those are two kind of popular songs that he has, both off that album. But uh, yeah, just just check out Richie Cotton, man. It's, but but really start if you if you want to start with it, like start with that concert on YouTube. That's Richie Cotton Live 2015 full show. That's all. That's mm. what the title is, okay. and it's amazing. All right, we'll do. All right, let's uh, last one on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Soundcheck, Bo Bamberg. Here we go.
Sons of Apollo coming home. Uh, yeah, tell us more about that. So Sons of Apollo is sort of a super group, too. Um, like the band I mentioned before, the Winery Dogs. Yep. Um, the Sons of Apollo is Mike Portnoy, um, who originally like gained fame with Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. Like I said, widely considered one of probably the best drummer on the planet. Um, you know, one of them for sure. Billy Sheehan on bass. Ron Bumblefoot Fall on guitar. Oh, the Bumblefoot guy, yeah, yeah. So amazing. Like, that guy is insanely just great uh-huh. at guitar. Um, Derek Sherinian on keyboards, who, he's like the Eddie Van Halen of keyboards. And also, on a side note, if anybody has the time that feels like it, look up Derek Sherinian plays Eruption and Spanish Fly on the keyboard. Okay. And it is note <laughs> it is note for note perfect. Oh wow. Huh. And uh like he's kinda like he's he's known as like the king of the keys or king of keys <laughs> or whatever. But like it's insane what this guy can do on a keyboard. Like it's he literally plays Eruption and Spanish Fly note for note perfectly. And if anybody would know, like I would know. The, like he does it so good it's it's insane and then uh, Jeff Scott Soto sings and like the last guy we talked about Richie Cotton Richie Cotton's girlfriend actually plays bass for Jeff Scott Soto's band oh, his boy. solo band but these guys all got together and put out like this prog rock album and if you know if you have any interest in that kind of stuff check out that album if you don't have it or if you haven't heard it it's Probably, right. It's like the the best musicians you could put on a stage or in a right. studio, and that's what they came up with. And the whole thing is just insane, man. So, like a lot Especially of uh, like like a lot of super groups, was it one and done discs wise for these guys? I hope not, man. I hope not. And okay. like I just saw them recently in concert in Portland. And, okay. Uh, they, you know, like you see you see bands sometimes or whatever, and they they don't they can't pull it off. Like mm-hmm. you know what you hear on the album. Yeah. These guys. I mean, it was like a sensory overload watching these guys play. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was five feet from the stage yeah. just watching every single thing. And I mean, they, it, you, I almost felt like, uh, like it's, it's definitely a story that I'm going to tell for probably the rest of my life. Like, you know, like, yeah, back when I was a kid, I saw Led Zeppelin, you know, at yeah, the yeah. club or whatever. Right. But like, I literally saw, you know, probably the best, four or five musicians in the world at their instruments yeah. play together at a tiny little place in Portland. And just, it was, it was crazy, man. Like yeah. how good every one of those guys is. And they each kind of like do a little solo during the show. And it was, it was mind blowing. Yeah, It really was mind blowing. So if you get a chance, check out the sons of Apollo. If you haven't heard the album, the whole thing is just insane. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, it, uh, the, the best musicians you'll ever hear play their instruments. Right, right. And together. they all kind of know it. That's why they all got together. They all knew they were really good at the craft. And hey, <laughs> yeah, whoever put that yeah. band together, and I don't know if it, I think it might have been Derek, the, the keyboard player or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd read somewhere that he kind of like kind of handpicked these guys to yep. do this thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was, uh, I mean, as far as musicianship, if you know music or if you know like, you know, what's going on kind of, if you have any idea of like how what it would take to play what these guys play. It's it's just insane, man. Oh, cool. Well, right on. Um, that's it. We're done. This is Soundcheck, Bo Bamberg. Lots to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, man. That yeah. was awesome. Uh, 
I love talking about music, and like I said, this you, could have been a six-hour podcast. Yeah, you can tell. You know your stuff. You love talking about it. You're passionate about it, and that's awesome. That's great to uh, to hear. I think anybody can really appreciate your love of music. You know, uh, comes through in, in something like this. So, um, yeah, we could we we should have just broke down. Use ten non Van Halen songs and then done ten Halen songs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's hey, but next week. Yeah, let's do that. We'll just put out Van Halen podcasts <laughs> every week. My listeners will love let's it. They'll do just it. be like <laughs> we'll uh, go through the whole catalog and I'll talk about every song. Yeah, there we go. That would be perfect. Uh Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Uh good luck with the Nitro Tour man and, and all that you got going on. Uh, thank you for your time for this. A great episode of Soundcheck and uh cool. and, and yeah, we'll keep in touch, man. We'll talk to you down the road thanks bo yeah thank you man i had a blast and you know i love talking about music and like i said if you guys uh anybody in the uk or even if you know if you're in america buy a ticket to the uk it's not that much come no. check us out yeah, just just do it just come on go, go see it yeah just get a ticket man that's no right. deal you got a passport get a ticket. <laughs> stop being so cheap everybody <laughs> <laughs> perfect man thanks for the time bo yeah thank you Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in the States, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did pro circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath i was so mad like so disappointed and so frustrated that i pulled pick and i left Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,